It's time for Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the best place to go to get all your fantasy football news, analysis, and advice to dominate your league. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. Week two was a wild week. Really wild. And it started off, obviously, with the Giants-Washington uh, football team game. Giants took the lead, thought that uh, they might pull out the victory. And then here comes Taylor Heineke. Dustin Hopkins nails the field goal. The Washington football team ends up winning by one. And you got to feel a little shaky about Washington. Like, they were uh, early season favorite next to the Cowboys to really do some damage in the NFC. And they're not looking like the team that uh, we thought they were. The defense has been a little shaky. Uh, Fitzmagic has been hurt. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. Bears, Bengals, you know, Burrow throwing those three picks on three straight passes. Man, that was a blow. And, you know, Roquan Smith uh, returning one for a touchdown. And the difference was a field goal. And Andy Dalton has his revenge game, although probably not the one that he wanted since he was hurt. And uh, Justin Fields ended up taking over a little bit. But, uh, yeah, Bears were able to eke out the win, and I actually you know, thought the Bengals had a shot to win this one and uh, thought they might be able to upset the Bears. Didn't happen. And then, obviously, the Browns, Texans. Browns, you knew they were going to win. It was just a matter of how much. And the Texans held their own at the end, especially with Tyrod Taylor getting hurt. I think that really ruined their uh, chances because Texans were actually in this game until that point. And then, you know, as soon as uh, Davis Mills started uh, or had to come in and play, uh, Cleveland kind of ran away with it at that point. So it was disappointing for, you know, if you're a Texans fan. And how crazy would that have been if Tyrod Taylor played and they won and Started off 2-0, and and a lot of people, including myself, thought they'd be the worst team in, in football. Rams beat the Colts, and that game was a lot closer than we thought. Uh, Carson Wentz was hurt, so uh, we'll see how his ankles are. But, uh, you know, he, he could potentially miss some time. But the Rams are just too good. I mean, I think they're the best team in the NFC. And it was a good, good uh, road victory. Bills and the Dolphins. I mean, Bills got embarrassed at home first week against the Steelers, so they kind of made up for it. And uh, unfortunately, the Dolphins were the, uh, the the whipping boy for them. I mean, thirty-five nothing. Tua got hurt in this one. It looks like he'll be okay, but that didn't help matters. And overall, just a really, a really bad game for the Dolphins. You, you know, you, you figured the Bills would come out and have a lot to prove in this game, but. Yeah, they they proved a lot. They totally uh, manhandled the, the Dolphins, and definitely the Bills look like the class of the AFC East at this point in time. Patriots beat the Jets. That defense was amazing. Four interceptions by Wilson. You knew it was going to happen. Uh, Patriots' defense is too good, especially for a rookie quarterback like Wilson. 49ers, Eagles, disappointed by the Eagles. Thought they might be able to score a little bit more. And what's up with the 49ers running backs? Elijah Mitchell got hurt. Now uh, DeMichael Hasty came in, and then he's banged up. Feels like if you're going to run the ball for the 49ers, you're going to get hurt. So uh, I'm definitely taking out some insurance policies <laughs> on my uh, if I 
get signed by the 49ers to play running back because uh, I'm probably not going to last the season in one piece. It, it hasn't seemed to be the case in, in years now, uh, dating back to, you know, a couple years ago even. So this is an ongoing thing. I don't know why it's a thing, but it is. But uh, they were able to get the victory, and that's all that matters. When uh, you know, and it was by Jennings from Garoppolo, and uh, Jennings is definitely a, a piece of the uh, fantasy football equation that you didn't expect to see score a touchdown. Uh, but uh, you got to, you really got to tip your cap to Debo Samuel. I mean, he's on a Jerry Rice type pace so far this season, and everyone was high on Brandon Ayuk, and here comes Debo Samuel being like, "Well, I'm still here, and I'm still good." And uh, really being that uh, that guy for the Niners. Raiders upset the Steelers, and it wasn't so much the upset. Steelers had a lot of uh, pretty much half their defense injured. So, you know, Steelers take pride in their defense, but uh, definitely when you're playing with half your team being backups, it's going to show. And the Raiders, I tipped my cap to them. They played really well, and although they weren't able to rush the ball till late, I mean, Basically, they took advantage of the fact the Steelers were trying to take Waller out of the game and really used Ruggs and Edwards and all their other Renfro, all their other pieces to move the ball. And Derek Carr looks like a top five quarterback this year, which is it's scary. And and I, I think the Raiders win this week too, so they could potentially be one of the few final undefeated teams when this is all said and done. Panthers Saints, I mean, Panthers looked a lot better than we thought they would. I mean, everyone had the Saints winning this one. Panther defense looked great. Jameis Winston did not look great. And, I mean, when you got Christian McCaffrey, I mean, that offense is – you have Christian McCaffrey. That's all we need to say. Uh, and I've actually been impressed with uh, Sam Darnold and his management of, you know, how he's getting the ball to everybody. You know, Robbie Anderson um, first week and – DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall, we're still waiting for an appearance. I thought maybe he'd do more, but it's it's a long season. And it's something else I want to kind of touch base on. You know, a lot of overreaction after two weeks of the season. Like, oh, drop this guy, pick up this guy, and, you know, this. why didn't I think of getting this guy over this guy? Um, it's a long season, and it's football's a game of attrition, so... You know, the, the decision that you thought you made wrong right now could actually have been the right decision if you give it, you know, another 10 weeks. So just be patient, see how it plays out. And, uh, by you know, it's not a time to panic right now. You, you really need a couple weeks to really realize, like, real, realize what type of team you have and what your players are capable of and how they're going to be used. Broncos beat the Jaguars, and my only complaint about this game was Melvin Gordon he obviously was one of my stars of the week and that didn't happen uh, it was kind of a disappointment to be honest I thought the Broncos would be able to run the ball better they didn't but uh, Fant and Tim Patrick got some touchdowns and the Broncos look good and they're another undefeated team Cardinals Vikings the only thing I'll take away from this game is the Vikings looked better than I thought. I thought the Cardinals were going to run away with this one easily and embarrass the Vikings. Vikings actually should have won if it wasn't for that last second miss. So uh, Rondell Moore had that huge like 80-yard touchdown. It looked great. And again, it's like, you know, you know, jump on the Rondell Moore bandwagon. And I get it. He's a rookie and he's exciting. But uh, again, too early. There's 
you know, some of these other rookies might end up being the better play. We just don't know yet. Buccaneers, Falcons, uh, this game played out how we thought it would. Buccaneers dominated the Falcons. And Tom Brady, throwing to everybody, you know, he kind of ignored Mike Evans first week. So he's like, here, Mike Evans, here's a couple touchdowns. You know, Gronk, oh, here's another two touchdowns. Godwin, hey, here's another touchdown. Uh, the only one that didn't score was Antonio Brown. Uh, Ron, uh, Ron, uh, Ronald Jones, sorry. Uh, he's the guy that uh, Aarons was building up, and we didn't believe that facade, and it proved to be correct because he didn't have a game at all. Cowboys, Chargers, this game was really close. Dak Prescott didn't have a bad game, but uh, Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott definitely had good rushing games. And this one... Chargers, I mean, they had their shot, and for whatever reason, the Chargers find more ways to lose than any team I've ever seen in the NFL, and they were able to manage to uh, pull a win, or pull a loss out of a win yet again in this one. Titans-Seahawks, crazy game. I thought the Seahawks would win this one. Derrick Henry was the difference maker, of course. Monster game, really high scoring on both sides, and I really am down on both of these defenses right now. But uh, instead of DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett had the the game of the the week for uh, the Seahawks. Did really, you know, doing Tyler Lockett things early in the season. And uh, Julio Jones looked like he was going to score a touchdown. It went to video review, and they took it away from him. So I just think it's Julio Jones. He can't score. They're not going to let him score. Uh, It's just unfortunate. Ravens-Chiefs game, that was crazy. Lamar Jackson gets off the schneid, beats the Chiefs. Really high-scoring game. Lamar Jackson started off rusty with the two picks and looked pretty bad and then just, you know, was their number one running back, basically. Chiefs, on the other hand, you know, he Kels is there, Mahomes to Kels all day. Pringle, Robinson, they got into the act, so it was good to see. But uh, Ravens were able to pull that game out. And then tonight, the, the Packers and the Lions. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones scoring four touchdowns. Unbelievable. I You knew that they were going to, after the egg they kind of laid the first week, that they were going to come out on all cylinders. And, man, Aaron Jones, four touchdowns. That's all I have to say. Aaron Rodgers was just throwing dimes everywhere. Like That pass to Robert Tanyan was just amazing. Uh, the, the previous play before that was you know, uh, to uh, Devontae Adams was just right on the money. It's just, he was, uh, Aaron Rodgers was in the zone. And, you know, Lions were kind of in this game. I felt like if they just kept kicking field goals on fourth down instead of trying to go for it, and then, you know, made better plays on fourth down on the times they did go for it, they could have been in this game and actually covered the spread at least. But, uh, you know, they, they didn't. They went down there like three times and weren't, uh, weren't able to get any points out of it because they didn't make it on fourth down. So that's the way it goes sometimes. And uh, this game was a little bit closer than the score would indicate. But, uh, yeah, Packers go one-to-one. Lions are winless. So, uh, But I will give the Lions credit. They're playing a lot better than I thought they would. I thought they'd be a worse 0-2 than the 0-2 they are now. So hats off to them. Breaking news, signings, all this type of things. Really, it just comes down to 
the Raiders. Derek Carr had an MRI on his ankle. He should play, but uh, Josh Jacobs isn't going to be as fortunate. He's looking like uh, he's not going to play against Miami this week. So it's going to be more Kenyon Drake. So get ready for that. Not that they need Josh Jacobs. I mean, the Raiders' rushing attack looks not very good. But uh, the way Derek Carr's slinging it, they don't really need a running game. Browns wide receiver Jarvis Landry, he won't miss time from his MCL sprain. That's good news because he you know, had his one target and uh, obviously was hurt. But uh, you expected big things from him last week. So hopefully he gets over that MCL sprain and becomes a bigger factor in this offense. We already talked about 49ers running back to Michael Hasty. He's week to week with his high ankle sprain. And just like all the other 49ers running backs, Elijah Mitchell is kind of the same way. Dallas wide receiver Amari Cooper had some bruised ribs that's kind of limiting him, so that might explain his, you know, after his monster first week, why uh, he wasn't as productive the second week. So, you know, definitely monitor those ribs because if this becomes a thing, it might limit his uh, his production and because uh, he, you know, has a production to do what he did that first week. And if these ribs are keeping him, uh, keeping him down a little bit, that's uh, going to definitely hurt your fantasy football teams if you have them on there. Steelers defensive tackle Tyson Alualu was placed on IR with a fractured ankle. And it looked pretty bad because they had, like, the pressure sleeve on it and everything. And that's disappointing because Steelers D was pretty dominant. But uh, with these injuries that they're having... They're mortal now, and I think teams can take advantage of this defense and can get some production out of it. So they're uh, usually when I saw the Steelers or the Rams, they're players that I wouldn't start against those defenses. But again, with the Steelers now being so banged up, it's uh, it's no longer the case. Broncos linebacker Josie Jewell was placed on IR with a torn pectoral. That's disappointing for the Broncos, but I don't think it affects their defense that much. I, I you know. Chubb and Von Miller are still there. So, uh, I mean, I really, you know, the secondary, even though it's young, it looks pretty dominant still. I mean, I'm not worried about the Broncos' defense. Colts QB Carson Wentz is going through tests on his ankle, so we'll see what happens with those sprains. But, I mean, it could hold him back a little bit, so you definitely want to pay attention to that. could uh, hurt some of the production around him with some of those receivers. Uh, especially if Jacob, Jacob Easton has to go in there at any point. So just monitor that. But if Wentz is playing, I mean, he's, uh, I don't know. Uh, I definitely would be worried if I have Michael Pittman, um, if this is a lingering issue all season. Eagles, we have a lot of Eagles news. Eagles guard Brandon Brooks will be placed on IR with a pectoral strain. And it's like the Brandon bros because Brandon Brooks got on IR and, Eagles defensive end Brandon Graham was like, I'll join you, and he gets on the IR with his ruptured Achilles. The difference is Brandon Brooks might be back. Brandon Graham will not be back. He's out for the year. So there'll be a, a Brandon party, you know, in the uh, the tub in the, uh, the training room during practice now with both of them being hurt. And then Zach Ertz was placed on COVID-19 list, so that means he won't be in the training room. He won't be anywhere near the facilities. Dolphins QB Tua Tagovailoa test came back negative on his bruise sternum and should return. Good news, but uh, it's not like the Dolphins were, you know, having much offense with Tua at quarterback anyway. So, I mean, I guess it depends on how you look at it. 
if you're a fan of the Dolphins, you might be disappointed. And if you're not, if you're playing to the Dolphins, it's, it could be an exciting uh, uh, side note. Bears QB Andy Dalton avoided an ACL tear. It was feared that he might have one. He does not. And there's Matt Nagy running to his defense saying he's going to be the starting quarterback. I just think it's a matter of time before Justin Fields is a quarterback. I, I don't know, you know, Andy Dalton might play this week, but if he doesn't, I just really feel like it's, you know, how can you give the, the job back to him if Justin Fields even produces a little bit? This Bears offense looks horrible, and uh, I don't understand Nagy's, uh, like, passion and dedication and loyalty to keep Andy Dalton as his quarterback. Uh, it's almost like, uh, you know, like, you know, it's his wife or something. Like, no, there's no other one. Andy's the one for me. Well, Matt, this uh, you might go down. You might go down with the ship on this one if you uh, don't make the move sooner or later. Texans QB Tyrod Taylor is day to day with a hamstring injury, and I'm not sure he plays this Thursday. And to be honest, I don't think he will. So if Davis Mills is going to be the quarterback, I guess we'll talk about this in our preview, but. Uh, this is not good news for the Texans, and I mean, Texans were showing some hope with uh, Tyrod, and you can't be too excited about if Davis Mills has to play. Uh, but Danny Amendola, Nico Collins, they didn't practice, they're injured, so we'll see if they end up playing Thursday. There seems to be a lot of injured pieces for the Texans on a short week, and that's never good news. And then we'll finish it out with the uh, biggest news, the Vikings cut tight end Brandon Dillon. Everyone thought that he would be a part of the solution with Conklin on uh, with Irv Smith Jr. being out for the year, and instead they traded for Chris Herndon. Now Brandon Dillon is the odd man uh, out, and he's no longer on the team. Probably will be signed to the practice squad or something. But that does it for our breaking news. Let's uh, get to our goats of the week, shall we? All right, the GOATs of the week. We'll start off with the number three quarterback GOAT of the week, Lamar Jackson. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't think I would be sitting here today talking about Lamar Jackson after the beginning of the game, watching him throw those two interceptions and really just looking discombobulated. He finished this, the game 18 for 26 for 239 yards and that jump past TD to Hollywood Brown. But... The real difference he made was on the ground. The Ravens are kind of hurting for running backs. And Lamar Jackson's kind of like another running back. 16 carries, 107 yards, two touchdowns. He ended up being our number three go to the week. So congrats to Lamar Jackson and then getting off to Schneid of uh, being able to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, that was a long time coming. It was something that was on his bucket list that he wasn't able to do previously. So he pretty much carried the team in this one and had an amazing game. Number two, Tom Brady. feel like he's here almost every week, and uh, I don't know. He really hasn't had or, or faced anyone that has been able to slow him down. But he was 24 for 36 for 276 yards, five touchdowns. That's right, five touchdowns. Two to Gronk, two to Evans, one to Godwin. Just... Uh, just insane numbers and I mean when you have all those weapons he definitely knows how to use them they were playing the Falcons so I'm not going to get carried away uh, he had the one rush for six yards 
He was our number two star of the week. And then our number one star of the week, and he needed every bit of these yards and points in this one as they won by one point against the Vikings. It's Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals, 29 for 36 for 400 yards, three touchdowns, did have the two interceptions, but he also had five rushes for 31 yards and added another touchdown. So overall, again, the Cardinals, you thought they were going to dominate this one. It seemed to be closer than uh, what you would have liked. And it actually came down to, you know, the Minnesota Viking field goal, which in the clutch they seem to uh, do quite often. But uh, really good game by Kyler Murray. Running back, we have our old friend Christian McCaffrey at number three again. But the difference is this time he actually scored a touchdown, uh, unlike week one. He was 24 carries, 72 yards, one touchdown, and then he was targeted six times but had five catches for 65 yards. And I just feel like you'll see McCaffrey on here quite a bit because, again, regardless on if he scores or not, he's just such – he gets just this volume and, you know, the yards. He just racks up the yardage. So, and Number two, Tony Pollard. This is a surprise here because, you know, this was supposed to be Zeke's big game. And he Zeke had a pretty decent game, but uh, – Pollard, 13 carries, 109 yards, one touchdown, and then he caught all three of his targets for 31 yards. And, you know, the secret's kind of out with the Cowboys. Tony Pollard's looking better than Ezekiel Elliott. And so I don't know if this is going to be something, you know, kind of a thing of things to come. But, uh, yeah, Tony Pollard was the second best running back of the se- of the week, of week two. So uh, he's... He's a talented guy, and uh, you need to run out and get him. Running back, Derrick Henry, number one. And I'm pretty happy he was on my FanDuel lineup, so he won me some money. But, I mean, 35 carries for 182 yards, three touchdowns, caught all six of his targets. And this is the thing. He usually doesn't get this many targets through the air. Did in this one, 55 yards, just a beast. I mean, when you get up over 40 points in fantasy football, you're doing something right. And this is by far the biggest uh, performance we've had at running back all year. It's been kind of a down year in regards to uh, these big games by these running backs. But Derrick Henry, not only did he have a big game, he had a monster game. And he definitely deserves our number one go to the week. Wide receiver, we have a lot of options here. But number three is Mike Evans. Targeted nine times, only caught five of those, but he had 75 yards, scored two touchdowns. Really uh, not much to say here. Just a Mike Evans-type game. You know, usually when he's ignored by Tom Brady, the very next game he has a type, you know, one of these types of games where he's targeted a lot in the end zone, and it was the same in, in this one. But, you know, obviously against the Falcons, Tom Brady was able to do what he wanted, and he wanted to go to Mike Evans. Number two. Tyler Lockett, you know, I had the wrong receiver here. I was thinking it was going to be DK Metcalf, but, you know, Lockett's on the team too, and uh, he's just as good as DK Metcalf, if not more consistent. Targeted 11 times, had eight catches for 178 yards, and the one touchdown really had that bomb from Russell Wilson that he uh, was able to outrun the defense on. Really good day by Tyler Lockett, and Tyler Lockett started the season strong last year too and then kind of faded. So, you know, we'll see if this is a pattern. But uh, you can expect probably you know a lot of good things to come in the next six weeks, and then uh, we'll have to reevaluate where he's at. But uh, Tyler Lockett always starts the season off hot, and he's doing it again this year. Cooper Cup is our number one goat of the week for wide receiver. 
targeted 11 times, had 9 catches for 163 yards, 2 touchdowns, and he's becoming Matthew Stafford's favorite receiver. He kind of had a down year last year, but of course, you know, Jared Goff just couldn't get him the ball consistently. Stafford can, and Cooper Cup is really, you know, having two good weeks in a row, and uh, he's looking like he's uh, been undervalued a little bit this year if he keeps this up. So good game by Cooper Cup, number one. And then tight end, our number three goat of the week at tight end, Noah Fant, targeted six times, had four catches for 33 yards and a touchdown. But this was kind of a bad week for tight ends because that was your number three, uh, you know, 30 yards and a touchdown. That's usually a handful of tight ends, but not in this one. There, there wasn't a lot of action from the tight end position, except for these next two, which is number two, Rob Gronkowski, targeted five times, had four catches for 39 yards and two touchdowns. Basically, the Buccaneers' first two touchdowns of of the uh, of the game, and it was pretty quiet after that. And, and it's probably because they're like, "Well, we don't need him anymore." You know, we were up by like 21 points, so you know why? You know, let's go throw it to our other guys. So off, you know, he had a, went off to a fast start, but then uh, kind of cooled down as the, as the game went along. And then our number one, Travis Kelsey, targeted eight times, had seven catches for 109 yards. One touchdown, and Travis Kels just doing Travis Kels things, and he's our number one star of the week. And it's funny because uh, Kels and Gronkowski were here last week, and here they are again. So you know a pattern starting to develop on what tight ends are the uh, ones you should be having and owning, and uh, everyone else is just kind of in a crapshoot for that, uh, you know, the number three and four spots. But, uh, yeah, slow start to, for uh, tight ends so far this season. But that wraps up our GOAT of the week. Let's get on to the ghosts because that's a little bit more fun. The Burke and Miz GOATs of the Week. Here we go. Burke and Miz the Wiz Maltobon. Ghosts of the Week. Let's get this started. Now it's time for our Ghosts of the Week. And these are players that had disappointing week for sure. Um, starting off at quarterback, it's going to be Jameis Winston. I, I thought, you know, the matchup was okay. I didn't expect him to have a big week, but I didn't expect him to have a horrible week. And, man, the Panthers really took it to the Saints. 11 for 22, 111 yards through two interceptions. The only thing that kind of saved him was he had three rushes for 19 yards and, and the one touchdown, but that was his only touchdown. And the Panthers just really dominated this game from front to, to back. And, you know, I, I think I can speak for everyone saying that uh, everyone probably thought the Saints were going to win this one pretty easily, and it was kind of the opposite. So uh, we'll... We'll see how uh, Jameis Winston re uh, rebounds from this week because, you know, he had a really amazing week one. And, uh, you know, it's like who's the, who's the real Jameis Winston? We'll, uh, we'll find out soon enough, but uh, definitely has a really hot and cold start to the season. Number two, Dak Prescott at the Chargers. And it wasn't that he had a really bad day. I mean... He was 23 for 27 for 237 yards and had the one interception. But 
I mean, Pollard scored, Ezekiel Elliott scored. I mean, it was, yeah, just one of those things where the running game was doing just as great as the passing game. They, you know, they scored on the ground. So, I mean, a lot of those touchdowns could have went to Dak Prescott. They just didn't. And so even though, again, he kind of had an efficient day, not scoring those touchdowns really hurt fantasy owners, and he definitely didn't do Dak Prescott-type things this week. So he's our number two. And then our number one is Zach Wilson against the Patriots. Now, you know, if you've been listening to these podcasts, I'm not a Zach Wilson fan, and I definitely don't think he's uh, the future of the New York Jets. But uh, the Patriots really... uh, Made it, made New York Jets fans believe that for this week, anyways. 19 for 33, only 210 yards, four interceptions. I think he started off with like two interceptions right off the bat on his first two passes. It was just a horrible day. The Patriots dominated the Jets. Zach Wilson couldn't get anything going. Had three rushes for 19 yards. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he was negative. So if you happen to try to play him, which I doubt anyone did. Uh, you got negative points from Zach Wilson this week. So good job on that. Running back, number three, Alvin Kamara at the Panthers. I mean, eight rushes for five yards and then four catches for 25 yards on six targets. Really, you expect more from Alvin Kamara, but that whole Saints offense couldn't get anything going, and it was just, it was really disappointing. Especially with the, you know, week one Alvin Kamara where there's a lot of promise. This was the opposite. Number two, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know, at Baltimore. I really wanted to put him here. 13 carries for 46 yards. I mean, has there been a biggest disappointment uh, than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire since he's been drafted by Kansas City in the first round? He just uh, doesn't show a burst. He's not that efficient on the ground. They're not using him too much in the passing game, if at all. And then he had that fumble at the end of the game when all they had to do was run out the clock and kick the field goal, which actually cost me my fantasy football week. I had the uh, Harrison uh, Butker as my kicker, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to win this because they're going to kick a field goal. No, I didn't, or they didn't. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fumbled, Baltimore recovered, won the game, and I, in turn, lost my week. But I'm not bitter or anything. It's just uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire definitely is deserving of our ghost of the week. And then our number one is Ronald Jones. And I kind of predicted this, you know, all the hype on Ronald Jones, like he's going to start, he's going to be our guy by Bruce Arians. He always does this. He kind of pays lip service and tries to throw everyone off uh, off the scent. Uh, but he had six rushes for 27 yards and then was targeted three times, had one catch for nine yards. So a pretty bad day for Ronald Jones. Wide receiver, you know, Corey Davis scored two touchdowns last week, this week against the Patriots. Targeted five times, had two catches for eight yards. But that's more of an indication of how bad Zach Wilson was, more than Corey Davis. But, you know, everyone suffers. You know, everyone eats and everyone starves. And in this one, uh, Corey Davis was starving for sure. Jarvis Deuce Landry is our number two. You know, what were the Browns doing? I I mean, they won, of course. They won soundly. But Jarvis Landry had an amazing matchup and should have had a really big week. Instead, he was targeted once and had that catch for nine yards. Just not a, you know, you probably started Landry thinking you were going to have a big week, and you had to be really disappointed. But not any more disappointing than LaVishka Chenault against the Broncos. Jaguars receiver was targeted seven times. Seven times! 
had two catches for minus three yards. So not only was he have that did he have that many targets, but he got negative points for your fantasy football team on top of that. So no one's going to beat the Vizquez as the number one ghost of the week. <laughs> tight end, Tyler Higby against the Colts. The Rams tight end had one target for eight yards. And Tyler Higby was, you know, building up a lot of hype with Stafford throwing him the ball. And he hasn't been used much, if at all. So that's been kind of surprising, and hopefully this doesn't keep up. Because if you're a Tyler Higby owner, you, you got to start, you know, you got to start worrying. And I'm sure you're panicking at this point. Number two, Gerald Everett. But we kind of knew that. Titans were good at defending the tight end, and Gerald Everett w- was not supposed to have a good day. But, you know, he, he made made good with having that bad day by only having one catch for three yards on two targets. And there's not much to say here because, again, this was one that we were kind of predicting. And then number one is Cole Komet for the Bears against the Bengals. He was targeted once, had the catch, but it was for zero yards. So it really didn't do your fantasy football team any good. So hopefully he was on your bench or even maybe on the waiver wire. Uh, regardless, he really didn't do anyone any good this week. So there you have it, the ghosts of the week, all deserved of uh, the honor. And we will move on with our most fun segment of the podcast, the pickups of the week. It's Burke and Mrs. Pickups of the Week. Let's get it started. All right, for pickups of the week, we always do the top three at each position that I would pick up. And we do this just because, you know, rosters aren't big on your fantasy football team, so you're, you're not going to be picking up a bunch of these guys. So here's just a handful that I think have the most potential um, from each position group. And starting off at quarterback, the number three pickup would be Justin Fields for the Bears. And Fields, I mean, he's going to take over the show. Andy Dalton got hurt last game, and Fields actually did okay. I mean... He obviously was playing against the Bengals, so it was an easy matchup. But, I mean, he threw a pass to Allen Robinson that Allen Robinson dropped. That would have been a touchdown. And it's like how, you know, we've been hyping up Allen Robinson that he needs better quarterbacking, and then he gets a ball right into his hands, and, you know, he drops it. But regardless, excuse me, Justin Fields from the Bears, I think, is a a pickup that you need to make now. Uh, As soon as he starts producing – He's, you know, multifaceted, can get you some rushing yards too. Uh, he's going to be gone soon. So if he's not already on a team, pick him up. Number two is Teddy Bridgewater. And I, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is making me look bad because I was all about Drew Locke and thinking that Teddy Bridgewater wasn't going to be able to, you know, produce a high-scoring offense for the Broncos. Now, granted, the Broncos' schedule so far has been pretty easy. So I don't expect him to do what he's been doing every week. But he's a top seven quarterback right now. I think he's a top five quarterback right now. So he definitely deserves, uh, you know, a, a waiver wire pickup if you don't have him and you need some quarterback depth or some help. Uh, definitely still feel like he's in the backup category. But uh, yeah, he's going to be playing the Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders. You know, there's going to be some opportunity to uh, get some points. And then number one is in that same AFC West division, Derek Carr for the Raiders. I really was down on him this year. I thought this was a, a make-or-break season that was going to be a break, and he's done nothing but uh, you know beat the Ravens and the Steelers, two really good teams, and looked good doing it. And he was 
you know, fantasy relevant. He was almost in the top three this week at quarterback. So uh, he's going to have a lot of lot easier matchups moving forward. So now's the time to pick him up and get him on your team and, uh, yeah, bear the fruits of Derek Carr's labor. So he's number one. And then at running back, number three, Sony Michelle from the Rams because he's going to be ramming it down the defense's throat. Uh, Daryl Henderson had a injury, and Sony Michelle picked up the slack from there. And just in general, I mean, I think when Daryl Henderson gets too much usage, he starts getting injured. This happens a lot. So I really think, like, you know, Sony Michelle's usage is going to start ramping up here. And, you know, depending on Daryl Henderson's injury, he might see a lot of action this week. But overall, he's going to be seeing a lot of action. So you want him on your roster. He'll be a good play. And I think, you know, moving forward, it's going to start being kind of a committee-type atmosphere. Number two. Excuse me. Tony Pollard for the Cowboys. Now, we all saw what we saw last week. Tony Pollard looks better than Ezekiel Elliott. He's, you know, got the touchdown run. His average was insane. He was part of the passing game. He looks more explosive. And, you know, to get that on your roster, you know, just the chance that maybe he starts dipping into Ezekiel Elliott's workload, you it's definitely worth a pickup. And who's to say that uh, I'm not saying that he's going to take over Ezekiel Elliott's, uh, you know, number one spot, but he can start making this interesting and make it more of a committee. And if that's the case, the way the Cowboys ran the ball last week, that's really promising for Tony Pollard. So I'm all about him. He looks great. Pick him up. And then number one is Cordero Patterson for the Falcons. He seems to be the guy that uh, is doing more with the football than Mike Davis at this point. Patterson's like a receiver slash running back, so he actually fits two slots, which makes him very valuable. You can slide him in and out of your fantasy lineup a lot easier, and it, you know positions won't matter as much when he's able to play two of them. And on top of that, he's you know getting his carries and he's getting his receptions, and uh, especially in PPR leagues, you gotta like that. Like he's basically playing at the level of a number two running back right now. So if you can get a number two type running back off the uh, waiver wire, you do it. And so Corville Patterson's that guy. And pretty soon, you know, a lot of people are going to jump on him and you're going to be holding the bag wishing that you did. So I definitely feel like he's the number one pickup. Go get him right now. Wide receiver, number three is Zach Paschal for the Colts. Now, I kind of mentioned it before the season that no matter what happens, Zach Paschal's always around and ends up being the favorite target who gets the touchdowns he doesn't always get the yards but he gets the touchdowns and then here he goes you know he had two the first week has one last week he's being using this offense quite a bit and he's on waiver wires everywhere everywhere no one wants Zach Pascal, and everyone's building up Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman and although Michael Pittman had a great week last week uh, everyone's kind of sleeping on Zach Pascal. I'm not sleeping on Zach Pascoe anymore, especially with T.Y. Hilton being hurt and really being ineffective when, you know, he, he does play. I'm, uh, I really like Zach Pascoe, and I, I feel like you need to pick him up. Number two is Tim Patrick for the Broncos. I said K.J. Hamler last week. Now it's Tim Patrick this week. There's targets to go around in Denver. Tim Patrick scored the touchdown, but he's a really good receiver. So the fact that he was fourth on their depth chart is more, I guess, speaks to the volumes of how well the Denver wide receiving group is this year but uh if Tim Patrick's going to get targets you need to play him because he catches everything 
He's sure-handed, he's consistent, and now there's no one blocking him from getting those targets. Number one is Sterling Shepard for the Giants. And I don't understand why no one did draft Sterling Shepard. He's the number one receiver for the Giants, regardless of, you know, Kenny Galladay being there. I didn't like the pickup of Kenny Galladay. Sterling Shepard still seems to be the guy, and he's actually producing at a rate that we expected Kenny Galladay to. So if he's out there, you need to pick him up because he's, you know, the Giants are scoring points, and they're moving the ball. You know, we just talked about Daniel Jones looking like a whole new quarterback last week. So if this keeps up, it's going to be Shepard that's going to be the recipient of all this action and scoring. So he's the number one wide receiver pickup of this week. And, yeah, I mean, I'd drop some of my <clears throat> second-tier receivers for him at this point. Tight end, my number three is Pat Freermuth for the Steelers. And the reason why I say this is Ebron's been dropping balls. He doesn't block very well. Freermuth has actually been kind of like a 1A, 1B type situation at tight end. But he's been more productive and making more plays. Roethlisberger likes to use him. He's more sure-handed. I really think that he's going to come around and be the better tight end and, and the bigger target in the Steelers' offense. So he's worth the pickup. And uh, you can get him now while he's cheap off the waiver wire, but pretty soon someone's going to pick him up, and he has potential to really explode in this offense. So let's, uh, let's get Pat Freemuth right now. Number two, Hunter Henry for the Patriots. It's looking like what we thought. You know, John U. Smith and Hunter Henry are both getting targets and getting play in this Patriots offense, so they're both relevant. I put Hunter Henry on here because there's still a large contingent of people or contingent of leagues that didn't draft Hunter Henry, and he's still available on the waiver wire. If that's the case, alleviate that mistake and pick him up right now. Yeah, he's going to be splitting time with John U. Smith on, on targets and, and those type of things, but if you look at the Patriots wide receivers, they're not very good. Patriots tight ends are pretty good. So I expect them to, you know, the tight ends to get the majority of those targets in the passing game. And, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of good defense matchup proof in a way. So, you know, don't be sleeping on Hunter Henry anymore. Number one is Max Williams. Like Max Williams for the Cardinals. I liked him when he played for the Ravens. Didn't really pan out. And he got seven targets last week. And he's their number one tight end. And in this offense, I mean, there's a lot of web, you know, a lot of balls to go around between all the receivers and running backs and tight ends, and so I really think it's going to be a hit or miss situation. But he's the guy there. He's the number one tight end, and he's going to be getting all those receptions. So you get a whole season of Max Williams, as you know, as high scoring as that offense is, it's worth the gamble to grab him and have a, a, a tight end that potentially can get you a lot of points. So he's my number one in this whole tight end. Uh, quagmire especially with how bad they've been playing this year so go go out and get yourself you know a piece of max williams right now so that does it for our pickups of the week get these pickups prove your team win your fantasy football week that's you know that's all there is to it now let's get uh, going to our thursday night preview NFL preview alert. So before we get into the preview of the Thursday night game, I'll give you kind of a quick breakdown of how we're doing so far on our over/under and our spreads. On the spread last week for week two, I was six and ten, which is really really bad, really a low point. I usually get 
you know, I don't get any lower than about 500. In this case, I did. So I have some work to make up to uh, get back to that, uh, you know, the, at least around the 60% mark that I crave. However, on the over-under, I was 11-5. and five, So I'm really getting a good feel for that so far this season. 19-13 and 13 overall for the season. So 6 above 500. You, you'll take that all the time. I mean, look around. Most people are around 500 on that as well. Now, it's a long season, so I don't want to get on my high high horse yet so uh but overall it's looking good for the over under and uh got, got some work to do on the uh the point spreads but uh having said that we'll yeah we'll get into the uh the thursday night game the carolina panthers at the houston texans the, the panthers are favored by seven and i'm gonna take the panthers and give up the seven points there's too many question marks with the Texans. Is Danny Amendola going to play? Is Tyrod Taylor going to play? That's the biggest question, right? Uh, you know, if he doesn't, is Davis Mills going to carry the Texans? I just don't see it. I definitely think there's going to be a defensive or special teams touchdown in this one, but uh, I'm I'm taking the Panthers in the seven, and then the over/under is 43.5. Give me the under. I really wanted to take the over, but with not knowing who's going to be even playing for the Texans. That's a recipe that I don't even want to try to solve uh, and uh, be able to make a meal with. So I'm going with the under on this one. I have most most everyone on the bench. However, uh, Sam Darnold, I don't have him starting against the Texans, which you might think I'm crazy. But uh, the only receiver I like is DJ Moore. And then uh, Christian McCaffrey, obviously. I think he'll have a big game. And I actually think Christian McCaffrey could have a really good rushing game in this one. So uh, they can get to get out to such a lead that they don't really need to pass very much. And that's kind of my thinking on this one. So, you know, Terrace Marshall Jr., Robbie Anderson could be on the bench with Dan Arnold. And then on the Texan side, I have everyone on the bench. I mean, I don't trust anyone. The Panthers can stop the rush. So Lindsey, Ingram, and Johnson are, are not running backs that I feel confident in this week. And then, you know, receiver-wise, like, who's even going to play? Chris Conley, maybe? Uh, again, I mean, Brandon Cooks is the only guy that gets consistent targets and volume. So I would probably start Brandon Cooks because of his consistency. I do like how consistent he is. But outside of that, man, I'm, uh, I'm not going any further with recommendations on starts outside of Brandon Cooks. Hate to do it. This Thursday night game might be uh, kind of a bummer in regards to excitement if uh, Davis Mills ends up playing quarterback. So we'll see. If Tyrod Taylor plays, I, I I like maybe the over, but I don't think he's going to. And i got to make a decision now. So it's the under. And uh, Panthers are going to end Thursday night undefeated. Can't wait. That does it for the Miz, the Wiz, Montalban Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back at it later this week to preview all of Week 3's NFL action. In the meantime, please follow us, like us, give us good reviews. It all goes a long way. We appreciate everyone listening that we've had so far. And in the meantime, cheers. <laughs>